Hello, welcome to episode one of the Apocalypse Podcast, where we're talking pork and eating a whole pig called Bebop, piece by piece, until there's no more Bebop left. I'm James Bellardi, and I'm joined by Chief Taste Tester Sam Dodd. Sam, hi. Hello. <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi. It's the first episode. I feel like we should provide some context. We should give some sort of sense of scale of the challenge that we've undertaken here. Can you describe for me, can you paint me a word picture of the inside of our freezer right now? Did you just say word picture? I said word picture. Okay, we have a really big freezer. Uh, It's an American style one, so we've got tons and tons of space. It's nine shelves. It's a nine shelf freezer. And it's pretty much jam-packed. We had to take out some of the shelves to be able to get everything in. It's Just jam-packed with what? Jam-packed with different cuts of pork. There's a whole pig in there. He's called Bebop. He's raised by some friends of ours at Red House Farm. And farmer Amy, when we got Bebop, told me that the dead weight was 100 kilos. He was so happy on that farm. He was happy. He used to wag his tail and we saw his tail be really (laughs) curly. That means he's happy as well when he was wallowing in the mud. And now he's happy dead in our freezer. (laughs) So 100 kilos, if you look at the NHS recommended daily meat intake. Like you do all the time. (laughs) Like like you do all the time. 70 grams a day. So on that basis, do you know how many individual servings of people we're talking about here? They really only recommend 70 grams of meat a day. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Oh God. I don't know, hundreds? 143. I did round up. It's like 142.89 something. But I'm calling that 143. So, context. We are in an unprecedented global pandemic virus lockdown. And now there's a dead pig in our freezer. How does that make you feel? Well, I don't think the two things are related. Because we decided to buy to buy Bebop. Um, and to learn much more about where our meat came from. When we were in the backseat of a car in India about six months ago yeah but when we made that decision that there was going to be loads of people coming around we can serve up all these different exciting cuts which would feed dozens and dozens of people but we are in lockdown now yeah i feel okay so i feel a bit overwhelmed by the scale of the challenge i'm excited about some of the things that we've made and that we're going to be making and i think i'm going to learn a lot you do all the cooking in our house i don't do hardly any but Even this is too big for you to do on your own. We have a pretty regular kitchen. We live in a flat in West London. Uh, This is a four hob stove top, two ovens. Barbecue scenario is not bad. We have two barbecues. But we're not chefs. We don't entirely know what we're doing. Because if you look at what's in the freezer, they're not all like nicely chopped up chops or whatever that you would normally get in Sainsbury's. No, they're definitely not all recognisable. Some have labels. But some are mystery meat at the moment. Okay, let's get to it. First cut is, what are we doing this week? This week, we ate the ribs. Well, not all the ribs. Yeah, yeah, we did. No, we ate the spare ribs. What's the other ribs? The baby back ribs. Ah, okay. See, we, always learning. We've still got two other racks of those left. Which oh, we touch. That's God. a whole other episode. Really? God. Yeah. So we've <laughs> just done the spare ribs. Okay. The spare ribs is like, if you imagine it on a person... It's kind of like from under your armpit to the middle of your chest at the top. Okay. And why is this um, a good bit of the pig? It's not what you normally see on a restaurant menu. Certainly not in the UK. 
normally if you get ribs you're going to get baby back ribs but the spare mm. ribs are... but, you, but you see a lot of beef short rib that's right so sometimes the cut is called short rib often that tends to be used when we're talking about cows spare ribs i always thought that when i was a kid when you would go and get chinese spare ribs that that was because they were like separate like spare meant separate but even when it's a whole block of ribs it's still called spare ribs and if you count them, which apparently butchers and anatomists do, you count the ribs, so like the top one is the one up near your collarbone, and then you go down two, three, four, and right at the bottom to 14, 15. It's like ribs four to six. Four to, four to eight sometimes. And the best ones. Well, no, that's the spare ribs. And then down below that, that, that becomes the, the baby back ribs. And then up above that, Ribs one to three. That tends to be used in shoulder cuts, which we'll be doing on the Boston butt episode later. Mm. So this is like ribs four to seven. When we first started planning this podcast, I thought that we were going to have to wait for a good number of weeks after Bebop came to do the first episode because we're going to get all this meat in and then we can have a little bit of downtime, assessment time to work out the plan. However, large parts of this stuff does not Fit. Well, it did fit in the freezer, and then it all froze, and it expanded. And then the next time we opened the freezer to be smug at how we had fitted it all in, some of it fell on us. So we had to make some quick decisions, and to then create some more space in the freezer. So we did both sets of short ribs. Now, the interesting thing about the spare ribs is all in the science. I, I looked up the Latin names for the muscles. It's the ascending pectoral muscle, the serratus ventralis, and the latissimus dorsi. It's quite tough meat, and there's quite a bit of fat. I'd say it's like a 50-50% ratio. Normally what you want to do if you want to get some tough meat less tough is you cook it for ages. That risks drying out. Fortunately, you've got the fat, and if you render that fat down, it will keep the fat nice and moist. So we're going to do two separate recipes. There's loads and loads of recipes out there on the internet if you go to our website you can have a look and see which ones we used in this episode but by and large they fall into two camps you either go low and slow or fast and high and we did both we did both recipe number one i want to talk about the best spare ribs that we ever had okay let me paint you a word picture <laughs> <laughs> it was 2014 in the height of the summer we were in the usa we were in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Home of the Blues. Home of the Delta Blues. Home to the famous crossroads where Robert Johnson allegedly sold his soul to the devil in mm. order to be able to play some awesome blues. Yeah. It's really... So it turns out outside of their blues festival, it's a really quiet town. I feel like it's seen more prosperous days. It's, town is also a strong word. Yeah. It's like just kind of a dusty road of some shops. Some really awesome shops. A little bit hipster, but not that many people around to enjoy the hipster record shop and great brunch place. But most importantly, it was where we found Dreamboat Jerry's. Yeah, now Dreamboat Jerry's, I looked it up, it's no longer there. Oh, that's sad to hear. It was owned by a guy called Jerry McRae, who's better known for his other local restaurant in the area called Jerry's Hot Tamales. Is that still there? I think so. Maybe, hopefully he's selling his ribs. As better, well as tamales. better at tamales than ribs, but... No, not better. They were amazing. I thought they were the best ribs we've ever had. 
it's it's American style barbecue, which we kind of get over here in the UK, but over there they're next level. And it was it was cooked low and slow. They were smoked for eight yeah. hours, ten hours. It just fell apart. They were smoky um, and barbecuey yeah, and really kind of saucy. Piquant barbecue sauce cutting through the the fatty, meaty, melt in the mouth goodness. We have also had awesome ribs when we were in Hong Kong and China. I remember being somewhere like like kind of a street foodie place where they did do the ribs. High heat, really fast. Straight off the grill. They were really sticky and messy. And they were delicious. I like the charred edges. I like the nice charred edges that it gets under the grill. With some kind of delicious, salty, sweet, fatty. It's like salt, sweet, fat. It's the, the, the three most delicious parts of, of a balanced diet. Mm, yeah. Char suey ribs, really good. So we went with char suey ribs and we tried to replicate Dreamboat Jerry's. Now normally when I'm looking at recipes, I like to look at about four or five, which are basically trying to do this exactly the same thing, and then work out a medium approximation of what goes into them. If you go to apocalypsepodcast.com, you check out our Facebook group, our Instagram group, our Twitter page, then you can find out all the recipes that we've used. But broadly speaking, Dreamboat Jerry's, when it came to the smoking and the brining, the recipe was from spruceeats.com. Link is on the website. There was sugar, onion powder, paprika, dry mustard, garlic powder, salt, pepper, and one other special ingredient. Do you know what that was? Ribs? Yes, ribs. And also, merkin. Ah, the last of the merkin. Merkin. What's merkin? Well, it's probably not what everyone is thinking it might be. It's not a pubic wig. <laughs> it's not a pubic wig. It is a very... Maybe you need to say it with more of a Spanish accent. It's not a pubic wig. Merkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it is a Chilean spice mix that obviously needlessly went into this southern USA dish. I was trying to get merkin everywhere, all over the UK mail order whatever couldn't had to get some friends to get it from a market store in Chile and they dutifully brought us back some and it's been in our spice cupboard for the best part of 18 months and this was the last of it and it went on Bebop's spare ribs it went on the barbecue for can you remember how long ages <laughs> it went on at 2 p.m and we ate at midnight midnight but that wasn't the plan how long did you think it was gonna take I had read that it was it could take four to five hours, but I hit this thing called the stall, which is a barbecue problem, where basically the core temperature of the meat refuses to rise after a certain point. It's got something to do with the moisture, and I didn't compensate for it. I think you can get around it by wrapping it in foil. I will do that next time on another episode, but it took eight hours until we ate. No, 10 hours. 10 hours. It took 10 hours <laughs> until we ate. Luckily, we had recipe number two on the go. Well, we also happened to be doing recipe two at the same time. Char suey came from cafedelights.com. It's hoisin sauce, soy sauce, shaoqing rice wine, honey, sugar, garlic, Chinese five spice. And do you know what they put in to make char suey red? Paprika? No, it's red food colouring. Oh. <laughs> but I did not use that. Because we don't have any. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, it really adds much to the bouquet, the flavour profile. So 
Why put it in? Well, I think, yeah, I think we were fine without it. It's just a thing that they do. The char suey went under the grill for about an hour. And how did you feel about the char suey? They're amazing. Really, really good. Salt, sugar, fat. It's kind of... Yeah, they were, you can't they were go brilliant. Wrong. Um, yeah, it went really like, well in some bao buns, a bit of coleslaw, a bit of lettuce. Um, it was great. I had drunk two bottles of wine by the time the Dreamboat Jerry's came off the grill, so I can't 100% remember what it tasted like. But I think it was really good. What was your memory? I was mm. just so hungry. It was good, but we were a bit too drunk to properly appreciate it. The meat was way more tender on Dreamboat Jerry's, no? Yeah, and obviously we smoked the Dreamboat Jerry's ribs, so they had a really nice smoky flavour. Okay, we're going to do marks out of ten uh, for both recipes. Recipe number one, Dreamboat Jerry's barbecue style. How did it look appearance-wise when it came out of the barbecue and was on your plate? At midnight. At midnight, <laughs> when we'd had like two bottles of wine. Um... Oh, if memory serves me right, it looked pretty tasty. Lots of the fat had rendered. Like, the colour wasn't totally uniform, so I guess mm. maybe is that the smoking? I didn't quite get the pink smoke ring. I mean, I, the smoke taste was there. God. It was meant to have a pink smoke ring. The pink smoke ring is like a thing that barbecue people do. Okay, we didn't achieve that. No. But nearly, I think. Like, you could see that there was, like, slightly different colouring on the, the meat itself. Mm. Um, yeah, looked like something I wanted to eat. I'm going to say my marks out of 10 for appearance. It's like a, a seven and a half. I'm going to go eight. Okay, okay. Char Siri. Fat, more visible. I don't know. I don't know if I could probably, as a more novice rib eater, could tell that as much because they were kind of covered in sauce. So I'm going to go eight again. Definitely there was a, a, a visible white layer of fat. Luckily for us, it was delicious. If you're not into super duper fatty cuts, then perhaps you need to go for a low and slow recipe. Personally, I loved it because it had the sugar, the fat, and the salt. So I'm going to say, I'm going to be a harsher marker than you. I'm going to give Dreamboat Cherries a seven and the Char Suey a six. Mm. Hassle in cooking, which was the most hassle to cook? Oh, obviously the Dreamboat Cherries. Right, and what, what, what would you give that marks out of ten, hassle-wise? Well, I think it really does, like it brings down its overall score because it just took so bloody long. Do you get a high score for more hassle? No, no, no. Low low score for more hassle. Okay, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I think, yeah, I would go with a four. And the char suey. They seemed quite straightforward. Seven? Taste marks out ten. Well, they were both really delicious. So I'm going to give them both eight out of ten. I would go with that. I I would almost say that the char suey slightly pips on taste. Not texture, just taste. And, and I would give the char suey like an eight and, and the spare mm, But if you were thinking about what was better the next day, well, the Dreamboat Jerry's, the Dreamboat Jerry's. was, I think, was better. It was like the smoke really settled into it. Well, that brings me to my next point, which is the kind of usefulness in leftovers and the versatility of it. Unquestionably, Dreamboat Jerry's worked. We had them in fajitas just last night as leftovers that was delightful and I think it could go in lots and lots of different things yeah agreed it's a little bit more tricky because the char suey sauce is so like so sticky and it's powerful yeah it really over it would overpower lots of other things if you were pairing it with other stuff besides kind of Chinese food or Chinese vegetables what would you do differently next time 
Oh, um, I would aim for them to be ready around the same time so we could do direct comparison. Uh, so, I don't know, start the dreamboat jerrys much earlier mm. or put the tinfoil on as you um, identified as your error in cooking. Yeah, shorten the stall. Work out what to do when the stall comes. Don't just freak out like we did. Mm. Drink two bottles of wine. Would you recommend this cut? If you were going to a butcher... And you're like, oh, I want I want a way to kill a Sunday afternoon. Is this something you would ask for? Do I have a spare 10 hours? For spare ribs. Yeah, how hungry am I? I loved it. I mean, I just like sitting next to the barbecue for 10 hours, drinking beer and watching the world go by. And that's it. That's the spare ribs. Um, how much pork is now left in our freezer? Well, if we started with 100 kilograms and mm. we estimate that these ribs were about a kilo each. Yeah. Probably a bit conservative. So we're on 98. And one week in, how are you feeling about the fact that you've still got 98 kilos of pork to eat? I think like a lot of elements of lockdown, it's best not to dwell on like the number of days <laughs> or the, the number of kilos or the number of portions. It's just best to take like each day as it comes. I'm not just eating an entire pig. I'm eating an entire pig during a global pandemic. Well, that's it. That's that's it. That's the end of episode one. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for the Apocalypse Podcast, or get in touch, find recipes and more episodes at apocalypsepodcast.com. We look forward to eating yet more bebop next time. See you then. <coughs> <laughs>